it's good. It's actually, I'm actually happy to speak with you guys because, you know, you guys been supporting since, like, day one. So I, I had to take time, you know, to get this one in. For sure, man. We appreciate it. I'm going to pre- – we're waiting for one more person from our okay. staff to join us. But okay. um, I was going to preface this whole thing by saying, okay, world champion now, Jamel Herring. But we've been, <laughs> we've been chopping it up since it was way back when. No, that's what I just said, man. Yeah, yeah. man we, we go back, man. So – I just yeah. want to show that, like, even like even as a world champion, I'm still the same guy, man. We never I really appreciate up. it because you, you, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine, and and you know, I'm not the type to put people on blast or anything like that, but I, I do have a long Rolodex in my mind of people who kind of flip. Like they used to ask us for, oh, can you post my video? Can you do this? Can you do that? And you know, for whatever reason, things change once people get. More yeah, because I mean, like a week ago, you was real generous, bro. I remember when we was going back forward, you, you were saying, um. I was, he was like, hey, we could do the interview. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start camping. He's like, oh, bro, you know, if you got camp, don't worry. I said, nah, man, we, we got to talk. Like, I was like, oh, he's like, nah, man. I yeah, said, and that's I, what I, I was going to say. Like, time, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. You're now in camp, and, you know, we really appreciate you making the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah, I, I just finished sparring and everything, too. But I cool. made sure that I, was, I got here for this. My, uh, my first question to you was just going to be, you know, how is the whole – effect of the quarantine been on you and then you're one of the first guys now that you're back in camp you're preparing, right, right. preparing for a fight so is the preparation for a, a pandemic camp been different than you know what normally it is man i actually can say i actually been blessed um even through the pandemic because before well, before the you know when, when the quarantine it actually gave my body a lot a lot more rest because um people like to understand like like the, the, the road spike actually was actually um was actually hard on my body you know and i and I, I, I give a lot of respect to lamar you know because you know I've had close ties with not just him, but the family. So, like I said, man, I I, I wish nothing but the best for him and his future. And there's never any bad blood. But you know, I, from that fight, especially at that eleven round when we had that scare, you know, it actually that actually wore on me a lot um, more than I think any other fight to be honest. And I'm being honest. So, like during the quarantine, it just gave my my body a lot more time to just rest and just recover, and um, you know, just enjoy spending more time with the family. Cause you know me, man, I'm more, like before this, I'm always here, here, there, someone was right. gone. But when I started the camp, it, um, nothing has really changed, at least over here. Now I'm back over here with Omaha, with Bud Crawford and the team. You know, we have a gym, we have um, a strength conditioning facility where I go to every other day. Only thing different from the, um, to be honest with you, is that we don't have the pool available. Cause obviously stuff like that is still closed. But in terms of like, you know, I have my sparring, I have my trainers, I can do my strength and conditioning. All I can do is maybe the swimming, but everything else, like I said, um, I'm still doing this, my, the same routine that I was doing for any other camp. Switching gears a little bit, I know you, you're preparing for a fight. I don't know if you're uh, prepared to talk about who the opponent might be, but just in terms of the general landscape um, of 130 pounds, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you've been calling out Burchell. You've right. been calling out the top guys, Frampton. Right. Uh, if you had to maybe categorize the top three or four guys in that division, excluding yourself, um, in your mind, who are the best uh, from top? Um, to I, I always, next you know, I'm honest, man. I always said Bachelet is number one. Um, I give him the full credit. I mean, people thought people think that we had bad blood, but we actually cleared a lot when uh, um, when I see him in November. You know, he's a good guy. I don't wish no ill will on him, man. Like I said, I give him the respect. He's had what six title defenses, and you know what I mean. He's trying to go um, break Julio Cesar Chavez's record, and I respect that. You know, he's a real good. He's a real you know, humble dude. Obviously, I know that, you know, he has solid hands, you know, in both hands. You know, he has solid power in both hands. So, like, it's not about, like, people look at it like I'm just over it, like I'm arrogant or cocky. Like, no, I mean, I would have to approach that fight smart. But I I definitely say he's number one. Um, 
you know, I give credit to my, my, my bro, Jojo Diaz. You know, he's, he was my Olympic teammate, so I gave him the respect. Like I say, even with the Ring Magazine, putting him at number two. I don't, I don't argue with that because, you know, Jojo's had some good fights. You know, with Gary, when he fought Gary, even though he came up short, he still put up a good effort. Um, he would have been a world champion, but, you know, he missed the weight and about a seat like a half a pound, whatever. But, like, Jojo's been in some real good fights. Of course, you got to give credit to um, even people, you know, argue how, where you would place, like, a guy like Leo Santa Cruz, but – Leo Santa Cruz has more accolades than, you know, a lot of us in the division right now. You know, he's a multiple, you know, weight division world champion. There's, there's guys, you know, that called me out, like um, Abner Mares, who called me out, which I have respect for because Abner has done a lot, of, a lot of great things for boxing. And then, of course, Carl Frampton. You know, but like for me, I'm all about, um, you know, I never want, you know, me know me, man, from the beginning. I, I never want anything handed to me. I, I'm all about earning minds, you know. If you don't put me on this pedestal, cool. You know, it's my job just to prove you wrong and just to, just to keep building and do what I got to do. But, um, and then, like I said, I know you mentioned that you don't, you don't want, that you didn't want to bring him who on fight now. But, um, you know, the rumor is, like I said, because this whole pandemic, it could be, um, you know, Jonathan O'Kendo. Like I said, I let Top Rank, my manager, handle that. And the reason why, and I know, like I said, I know personally that it's not the fight that people want to see. And I understand that, you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit there and shoot a quarter time and make like it's the greatest, you know, it's the greatest battle coming up. But um, like the point that my team and Tyrone looked at it as was he, he fits like at least the frame of like a Carl Frampton. So it was like, you know, we're taking the fight, not to take, not to take them lightly. Cause like I said, at the end of the day, I didn't have to put my title on line, but I wanted to do that as a real, as a true champion, you know, just to um, keep continue pushing myself in terms of, um, doing things the right way, like, you know, making the weight and doing things, you know, how supposed to do like a, like for a regular fight. So I'm taking, that's why, you know, he's, he's, he's basically been like the main runner up, but I know, I know all, all sorts of guys been calling for me now, you know, right. Albert Bells and Andy Vences, but it's like, it's crazy. Like these stories started coming out, but like I have proof, like the, this, all oh, this other fight was pretty much already made and done. Like, you know, and the goal like talked about like, like weeks ago, you know, I was actually supposed to come there out the camp just to shake off, you know, just to just stay loose and get you knock, knock the rust off. But then I got a call from Tyrant, and it was like, hey, champ, do you think you can be um, ready by July, you know, end of June, July time frame? So being a team player, you know, and, and I remember ESPN also need content, of course, you know, for the people. So, I, you know, that's the reason why, you know, I really got up for the fight because, you know, like I said, it's cool just it's cool just to get back in there and get some rust off. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm a team player. I, you, my promoter can tell you, I never give anybody, you know, I never turn much down. I don't give anybody a hard time. That's okay, whatever. You know, if I have the opportunity just to be at back out there in the public eye and, um, you know, just prove a point that, you know, boxing can come back in a safe manner. I'm going to kick it to you because I know you had a question about Kendo. Uh, Jamel just mentioned that that's the name that uh, potentially is going to be the opponent for him. Um, so if you want to jump in and, and take that. My question really on Jonathan Okendo was um, he's – I know regarded as something close to what Carl Frampton um, right. would have been in the ring with you. So do you feel like this would serve as a tune-up fight for you in a potential Carl Frampton fight in the long run? It's crazy. Like, you know, for me, to be, respect, to be respectful to fighters, I never wanna, I never like to use the word tune-up because at the end of the day, when you put a world title on the line, you may get the best Jonathan Okendo out there, you know what I mean? But <laughs> The idea, but like the idea is, you know, just to get a, a, a certain look of fighting a guy and then like, you know, that height and frame because um like I say even with Frampton, he has he has um, more experience, um more than me, obviously of course. Um, he's been in he's been in more world title fights. But yeah, the idea was really pretty much just to get 
the 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 feel of you know for that for that kind of a fight. Even not even just um not even just with um Frampton. You know, like I said, I, I've been mentioned by guys like Abner Morris as well. So you know, that's a fight that if, if say like Carl Frampton can't get over to the states because of the whole pandemic, you know, I would have no issue um obviously working with PBC and the guys again. And maybe taking a fight with Abner Mars to LA. I mean, he he's expressed interest in it, and so like that was the main point of that whole thing with Okenda. Like a lot of these guys are like six foot or my height. That you know that it doesn't it doesn't really do much for me, or whatever. But like, but you know, so like it is what it is. I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not a fool. I know it's not the fight that you know that hardcore boxer boxer fans want at times. But like I said, for me. You know, I just – I wasn't really – I could have just sat out also, like how Carl Frampton chose to sat out. But um, I know everybody wants some type of content or some type of boxing. So, you know, I was going to be a team player and just get myself out there and get in shape and, you know, do what I got to do. Piggyback off of that, um, Jamel, what, have you heard or what would be the landscape? What would be the um, – what this fight or event would look like? Have you guys okay, talked I'm about Okay, I'm glad you asked because I'm actually still – like I just finished – um, texting Carl Moretti and the gang over there at Time Rank. But from what I know, I think I think a week ago they was only allowing two in the corner. And then they were signing a cut man, which is, you know, which is yeah, it's crazy. Like so like I was kinda like upset with that because I can't even if I want to, I can't even bring my own cut man. You know what I mean? And it's um mm -hmm. then I'm hearing that like basically I have to be in Vegas because where the fight's gonna be at in Vegas. We had to be out there two weeks prior, and we had to be quarantined in the um the hotel facility. Yeah, so it's just, it's like I know there's a lot going, like a lot that's going through from what I'm hearing, and obviously we're gonna see how it goes down when Shakur, when, like I said, my bro Shakur fights um on the 9th of June. But those are the those are the things that I'm hearing right now. Like I said, I just put the call maybe like literally 15 minutes before I got on before I got on hand. I was you know just to ask about this because um. You know, I, I need to get – obviously, they say I'm a big guy for the weight, so I need, like, my nutritionist to be around, you know, around. I need my strength coach as well so I can make the weight properly. I can't go out there just eating anything because it doesn't benefit right. me, and, you know, and, it, and it's no good for me in, in terms of the fight night. But those are some things that I'm hearing. But um, then I heard, again, that they may allow, you know, three to the corner, but you still can't have our cut. They're assigning cut men for the, for the, for the fighters. But um, you know, things may change. I guess, like I said, when you, when you start to see these fights in like in June take place, you know, basically as, as the prototype, you'll probably see changes over the weeks as as they go on. But for now, for what I heard, we got we have to be out there, and um, the commission wants us out there, um, two weeks prior to be quarantined, so we can be basically you know don't catch or spread the virus if we have it. Okay, and if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you guys are going to be like the the guinea pigs per se, right? I mean, pretty much, the, yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We, we, that's, that's the best word. That's the best way you can put it. That's 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 why I'm, I'm closely just listening and I want to see how it goes with like Shakur. I know, um, like I said, I know Shakur and them, his team. They had they had questions. I mean, right. I've I, I heard personally that it's come to this come down to the we were like they're even telling Jay Prince no to certain things. You know, no. Not too many yeah. times. Not too many times. Jerry Prince know now, they so can't get away with it. <laughs> yes, so like that's how that's how I know it, it was serious. And I'm like, oh right. man, they, wait, they're not letting Jay do this. But like I said, things may change. Um, I know um, my team wants to speak with um Carmen Reddy, um Brad Jacobs, who who, who runs everything on that end. Um, actually today they they're probably gonna get on a call to um basically make things a lot more comfortable for the fighters. Because like I said, for the most part. 
I can I can I can deal with maybe having maybe two of my trainers web in the corner because you know I I know that that that's fine with me but like for the most part during those two weeks to the buildup I still need to train and eat properly you know in order to be at my best because like I don't want to take any fight lightly and then like you know I go in there and I, and I look you know half ass you know what I mean so right. I want right. I want to still do I, like I don't like I'm cool with being quarantined because um even now I go to the gym I come back and I just relax I'm cool with that but like at least allow us to have our full team on board so mentally, you know, the fighters can be at ease. You know what I mean? Um, before I even jump into my segment, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, because I know in the amateurs you fought Daniel Jacobs. So oh, yeah. <laughs> when you kind of look back at that, like, is that kind of crazy that you're at 130, he's at 168, he's like so much bigger than you right now. Mind so. you, we're, we're both in our 30s now as in terms of age. But, yeah, I mean – like that, that Daniel Jacobs was actually my first loss as an amateur too, man. It, it was um New York, wow. um the um who was it? The Junior Olympics, the New York Junior Olympics. It was the finals actually, and I was actually I haven't been beaten, so of course I was a young kid. I was feeling myself, and then here comes this guy who had all this experience, and but it was a young, young, strong kid. But um yeah, I, like every time I see Danny, we joke about that. I'm like, I still gotta get around rematch, even though it's like. 30 pounds plus now, but um, but yeah, like I, I fought guys from um, Danny, um, man, who is so so many other guys. Um, out, I believe out you fought Jesse Vargas too, right? Yeah, Je that's what I was thinking. Jesse Vargas, man, uh, man, it, I got like a lot of um, I'm just actually glad, and even um, Josh Taylor, me and Josh joke about it. it it's actually you can probably you can still find that fight on YouTube between me and Josh Taylor, um, when we fought in 2011 at the Olympic test trials, but um, yeah, man, I'm just happy just to see you know. But me, I'm just proud to see these guys. They went from, you know, we all came from like, you know, young amateurs and kids, and they're at least became world champions at, you know, and top contenders at 10 level. So it's, yeah, that's definitely for me, it's never any, any, any uh, animosity, you know, and especially stuff in the past. Like, I'm just happy to see these guys flourish and do great things in boxing on the pro level. Gotcha. Um, thanks for answering that for me before I get into my segment. But, um, but yeah, so what I really want to jump into is called My First Time. So pretty much I'll be asking you about your first time doing something and you could just like kind of tell us how you felt yeah. during the situation. So could you tell us like the first time when you stepped into the ring for the Olympics? Like how was that feeling for you? Man, that was nerve-wracking, man. That, that was that like I still believe that's probably the biggest crowd that I fought in front of, amateur or pro. Um, and it was just crazy, man. But like, you know, once the bell rings, of course, for most fighters, you get that tunnel vision, so you cut everything off. But um, you know, just making that walk, you know, with, with, um, and, and um, they're carrying your flag, your American flag, to the ring with you, it was just crazy. Like I feel like that's probably like the longest walk that I ever experienced as a, um as a fighter. But I mean, like I said, I lost my own, I lost my my um, my, my Olympic debut, but. I never, you know, I, I didn't take it for granted. Like stuff that I've been through in the past, I, you know, I, I take it as um, a learning lesson. And uh, plus I, I was a team captain. So I had to, you know, had to dust myself off and not show, you know, how upset I was. And I still had to be a leader out there. And I actually attended each and every one of my guys' fights <laughs> as, a, as a true leader. But I think I had a, I had a great time overall in, in the Olympics. Gotcha. Um, now you have 10 KOs in your career. Um, right. I think the first time you scored your KO, well, you scored your first KO within your second or third fight. Um, so could you kind of, do you remember like the feeling that you had when you first knocked somebody out that you kind of feel like, damn, I'm really nice right now. Like how did that feel for you? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you got, you know, you're feeling yourself in that first one. Cause like, you gotta, you gotta remember, like, like I said, y'all know where I came from, like, you know, training with Adrian Bronner. 
um, Robert Easter Jr., Rashid Warren. We all started basically. Well, I started with them. Of course, at the time, Adrian was at, was at the time when he just became um, the junior lightweight champion, the belt that I hold now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you see guys like um, AB and, and Easter, they're, they're just putting guys out. I'm like, I got to get my knockout, man. <laughs> I got to I gotta get I gotta get my first knockout. So when I got it, of course, it's like a sign of relief. Okay, okay now I, I have something I can work with. You know what I mean? I do, I do have what it takes a, as a pro, but it was, definitely, it was definitely a great feeling. Gotcha. Now let's go on the other side of it. How did it feel when you caught yourself on the other side of things when you fought um, Dennis? Dennis? Shavikov. <laughs> hey. That was a hell of a fight, though, man. Hey, but, I, take pro- I actually take pride in that because um, – it's crazy. Um, like I said, I, I love um, Barry Hunter, and that's why I have a lot of a love for the um, DMV area. That's why I know a lot of those guys like Lamont and um, the Russells mm-hmm. and all of them because I, I train. I took that fight on a short notice, but um, I don't I don't put the blame on anybody because you know at the time you're undefeated, so you're thinking, of course, you you just stepping in and do whatever in in a, in, a, in a good time period that you think is good enough. But with that fight with Shavikov, it basically taught me that there's levels to the to to, to, to the game. And I respect and I respect it. I, you know, and plus, like, yeah, it was a tough fight, you know. And I did it. I did all I could do, but you know, it, it was one of those things where, like, okay, after you, at, at, at the end of the fight, I spoke. I spoke with Al over the phone. I mean, Al, Al, him, had a great conversation on the phone. He told me just to go home and get some rest. But it was like one of those moments when it was like a make or break. You know, I could, I could easily just say, you know, this isn't for me, and I could have just, you know, just, just went away, or I could have just, you know, made some changes. So like I said, um, even like like people bring it up, even when they try to come at me like, oh, but you lost a shower car. I don't take it doesn't bother me like because at the end, look what I've done. Look at me, the proof is in the pudding. Look look where I came from then to now, and even then I'm still the same guy. I never you know I never throw my success in anybody's face. I, but I, I try to encourage others who've been in the same position that I've been in. Like look, I've been at my worst. I've been down before. You know I've taken I've, I've suffered losses, but here I am now. And, and, and also I'm grateful because I'm at least mentioned as probably, you know, one of the best in my weight class now. So, you know, just to be even spoken about upon, you know, that's just a, that's just a lot. But, yeah, the, the Shavikov fight, you know, I actually wish that he was still around. Maybe not for not, not to the baby probably advance the fight, you know, whatever. But I just wish that, you know, I respected him, what he, what his talent that I would have, you know, would have been happy to see him at least, you know, be able to win a world title himself. Gotcha. Um, now you've had 23 fights under your belt as a pro, anyways. Um, can you tell us what was your first toughest fight? Like, and I don't mean like your toughest fight overall, but just like your first one when you left the ring, you were just like, God damn. Um, like I said, I think like my first. Okay, I'll answer that in two ways. My first toughest fight in the ring was the Shavikov fight. I think the the first um like the first fight that was tough in my body, um probably was the last one against Lamont Roach. And like people, like I said, Lamont to me is um, underrated in some areas. Um, like the Edo fight, like I tell people, the Edo fight, I'm not saying Edo was easy, but it fit my style a lot more if you watch it. You know what I mean? Because I knew, I knew, we knew Edo was going to be, um, was going to be, you know, he, he was going to charge in. He was going to be the aggressive. We knew that. But with Lamont, if you look at that fight, it was more of a chess match. And um, there were times when I got caught slipping and Lamont would, um, you know, he would counter. He would counter really well. And then, you know, I got hit with a few rabbit punches, but, I, you know, it, it happens in boxing. But I felt a lot of aches and pains for some reason with that fight, you know, than I did in that, um, probably since the um, the Shavikov fight. But definitely those two fights um, 
was probably around some some tough fight. One of my toughest, two of my toughest. Gotcha. Um, I think a lot of the fans on the outside look at boxing as just boxing, or they look at it. They look at a lot of sports like that. Um, obviously for you, it, it's also a business side. So right. when was like when was the first time when you realized like this isn't just boxing? Like it's it's a real business aspect of it. Like when did you first realize that? Um, true. And I'm not. I hate to talk bad on it, but I think I realized that during the um after after I fought um Miller. Miller, um, cause um, like I said, you started seeing like you know the calls started getting short. You know what I mean? You wasn't hearing from the same people as much, and then you started looking at it like, okay, this is this comes with now. I know what it's like to be on on the other side where it's just business, you know. But um, like I said, and I never say anything like bad about Al because Al actually gave me my um, he actually was the one who gave me a chance coming out there after the Olympics. So I always have a lot a lot of love and appreciation for the PBC side. That's why if you look. I never went out there and said anything bad about the PBC. I still got close friends over there, of course. But I, I realized it's still business. You know, if, if you're looking at it, you know, you took you just took your second loss, maybe maybe he doesn't have it. So you got to look at it like from their side, you're probably looking at it as, you know, you might have to move on to the next thing. But I started, you know, I, I respected it for what it is. But at the end of the day, um, I'm all about proving people wrong. And I just had to basically, it just made me um, on the business side, I needed to make, had to make changes, which is why, you know, I went to top rank. And it wasn't like, and I, I, I was actually willing to stay with PBC. But the thing was, um, you know, their guys, they wanted me to stay at 135 pounds. And I was trying to tell them, like, look, I can make 130, just give me an opportunity. But as you know, because Tank had the same issues, you know, there's really not much of a stable at 130 pounds over there. So that was the only reason, that was really one of the main reasons why I left the PBC, the top rank. It wasn't like I got dropped. I actually, um, I fulfilled my contract. I had a five-year contract. I fulfilled my duties with PBC, and you know, and I left on good terms. In my opinion, I left on good terms. But um, like I said, on the business side of things, um, top rank just had more of what I was looking for in terms of the weight class, and that's really that's really the reason why I went to the um, top rank stable. And obviously, see a year later, you know, a year being with top rank, I became a world champion. Gotcha. And just um, just my last thing for you is um, obviously you're a world champion. Um, you've represented the U.S. in the Olympics. So I just wanted to know which one meant more to you. If I know that's a tough one to answer, but if you go only choose one, if you're going to be known as one thing, either Mr. Olympics representing the country or um, world champion, which one? I think I, honestly, I, I would say the Olympics, and it's not because of the um, the accolades. It's because of the um, the the, the people. But I, I was with, like, to this day, I still bond with all my teammates. You know, we all know I train with Bud Crawford, but I can get on the phone right now and have a conversation with Errol. Er 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 Me and Errol speak all the time. And, you know, I speak with JoJo, Jose, um, Marcus Brown. I think I speak with just about all of my teammates. And that's what I, I appreciate more because, like, when Bach has done it over with in terms of my career, at least I can, like, have those people as friends and family that I, I can still speak with at the, at the end of the day. So I, I think I, I appreciate my Olympic experience more than obviously, you know, than probably my, my title run because, like, we all know in the pros, like, boxing is kind of as a, as a lonely sport, man. But, like, when you're a team, you know, and you have people around you to push you and motivate you, like, a team as such as that, you know, it's a great thing. But um, I definitely want to say my, my Olympic um, experience um, was definitely probably my best moments, not, not just in boxing, but life period. Because, as we know, um, the Olympic um, opening ceremony – that was actually the anniversary when my daughter had passed away. And it's crazy. And then when like when I won the world title, 
Mm-hmm. That would have been her 10th birthday. So it's just crazy how life plays out, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, like I'm just, like I said, I, but I think, like, stuff like that, it just keeps me humble and grateful of what I have because, like I said, man, I've been through worse. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have probably gone through worse than I have, but, and they, you know, they're probably either going on a deep end or they're not here today. So I, I don't take anything for granted, but I, I, I just appreciate everything that I have. Cool. All right. I'm going to jump in uh, before I kick it to you, Tiffany. I have one question um, in terms of, we know you're the WBO champion. Um, and recently there's been uh, talk more so because of Teofimo Lopez and Devin Haney um, with what the WBC does in boxing. And right. I know I have my um, opinion, which seems to contrast what a lot of people think, but I think that uh, when two top contenders, if it's not the the champion and the number one contender, if it's not the one and two guys, when titles are being given to fighters, you know, it kind of makes a mockery of the sport a little bit, in my opinion. What is your opinion on that? When you see a guy like that obviously has tremendous talent, like a Devin Haney, um, but then you see a guy like Teofimo Lopez who fought the champion, won the title, or like you fought Ito, the right. champion, won the title. I mean, do, do you differentiate that? Um, should it be like that? And, and, and I mean, what is your opinion on that? Whole um, like I said, I, I, you know, I grew up, we all grew up looking and watching the old school. Even, and even the old school, they were saying it was, then there was too many belts. But when we have all these now special titles, it kind of makes things a little bit confusing. Because, like, um, let's look at the situation that have um, our brother Machado. You know, he beat the super champion, but then he was awarded a regular title. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I'm not knocking Tank because he did what he had to do. Then they gave him the super title. And I've I seen people was arguing with that for like forever, you know what I mean? But right. we all, like in my opinion, I could say that maybe, yeah, Tank was the talented of the two. But in terms of the, the, the title situation, they probably, one probably said, well, he's this guy still, the, you know, the real champion. But I think in terms of, um, like I said, with, with Devin and Tiafimo, they're both talented and I'm cool, I'm cool with both of them. In the end, regardless of what the materialistic thing, which the belt, whatever that, whatever says, in order to prove that you are the best, it just in you know in, in that class, you have to fight each other. You know, regardless of what you know what, what the belt may say on it, if, if the best are willing to fight the best, that 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 solves the whole issue then and there. But yeah, I mean, I look at it like I said, the business side. That's just boxing in terms of the business side today. Like the more belts out here, the more these sanctioned bodies, you know, get a little more in, in their pockets. But and overall, I mean, I commend Devin because in the end, he's not just you know, taking his belt and hiding behind it. He's still saying that he wants to fight the Lomachenkos. Um, he wants to fight Tank, you know, the, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia. So, I mean, I'm all for it. As long as these guys are willing to fight, you know, each other, because we, we, we've, we've all seen it where a guy will get a belt and then he'll just hide behind that belt and not want to face any of the champions, right. but then get out there in the media and claim that he's the top dog of the division. But now, nah, but at least you could say, but at least for Endeavor's case, you know, he, I'm pretty sure he, he – I mean, we know he is all the all the jabs that's thrown at him. So, of course, you know, he wants to prove that he is a, a world champion. So, the only way he can do that, hey, go out there and start taking some of these other belts from the other fighters. Right, and not to knock his ability or, or the fact that he took the belt, but I think it hurts boxing in terms of uh, a fan base too. Yeah, if yeah. A, that, I mean, if, you're yeah. A, if you're a fringe fan and you're coming into the to fight game and saying, okay – you know, hey Alex, tell me, tell me who's the champ at at 140, or tell me who's <laughs> the champ at 154, and then I have to explain to you that well, Devin Haney was given a belt, Lomachenko <laughs> has the belt, Tofimo's going to unify with Lomachenko, but then Haney's going to say that you're not a unified champ, but you got to fight me still, and so it's like how how yeah you know, yeah you you yeah you you just stretch yourself out that, that conversation right there. 
<laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? From that perspective, it just, I think it hurts the, the popularity of boxing and we're trying to- Right, make- and then you get, then you gotta remember, you get the UFC fans and be like, well, UFC, I, I like I said, I, I see it, but like, um, I always said, I always said to people, I'm a fan first of the sport and I'm a fighter second. So of course I'm gonna see, you know, that one champion or, or the number one guy, like even like, even now, um, um, let's say the heavyweight division. Um, Joshua has mo- majority of the belts, but I believe that Tyson Fury is the is the is the the real legitimate champion. And um, like I said, I go even go back to the old school. I feel like if you had that ring title, that right there should solidify who's the real champion in the division. And Tyson Fury, you know, he has that title. But yeah, I, I get that with what you're saying too, man. Like you got to start explaining well, like there's two belts in one section's body and. <laughs> And this one has this one, and it's crazy. Yeah, so I just leave it alone. Like, you know it's me. Like, when they start doing that stuff on Twitter, I back out of those conversations real quick. Cool. Yeah, but you're the godfather of boxing Twitter. I will mention that, too, because you don't shy away from uh, any conversation. And actually, that'll lead into our next segment that Tiffany's going to lead um, okay. called Mean Tweets. So she's going to read a couple comments for you, and we want to get oh, your man. perspective and opinion. I was doing some research here, and we were – Really continuing on how you were talking about how now that you are a champion at 130, you feel like now everybody wants to fight you, everybody wants to call you out. So right. um, really pertaining to that, I had one uh, user here on Twitter. Um, he said that everybody, I'm sorry, excuse me, he's at I am excited one. He <laughs> said that everybody calls you out and wants to fight you because you are the easiest champ at 130 today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know, it's crazy. It's usually, if you look at it, it's really contenders. If, if like, cause like I said, um, if you look at it, you can't sit there and tell me any any world champion at least that wants to unify. And I like I said, I don't I don't dig into it. Um, we all we've all seen it. I thought B. Edo, okay, Miguel Burchell jumps and jumped in the ring and he, and he called for unification. I knew that, that that would be a tough fight. I'm not I'm not crazy. I'm not stupid. I I, I know he you know who who he is, but. The thing was, if you look at it, they a lot of people like you know even going to Twitter there. A lot of people thought that I was going to be easy fight there for Edo, and that it would be Edo and Burchell. But as soon as I beat um Edo, that's when the whole the, the the politics came into play in terms of um okay they want to go a different route or this and the third. And even like so so I mean like I always say styles and fights. Like I said, I'm not saying I'm the I'm the the, the biggest puncher or this and that. But at the same time, a lot of contenders, which they that, that's their job, they're supposed to, you know, call out, you know, the, the you know, whoever, whatever, you know, or the champion. I, I, so I respect that. But when you look at the, the top guys, not too many of those guys now are the ones that's calling me out. You know, I don't see, you know, the Leos and the Cruises, and like I said, I haven't been called out by him. You know, not, and I, I, you know, I tweeted him in a respectful manner. Never got a reply. Only one that, like I said, only, only, only the only two that actually replied to me. Um, for making a fight was Abner Morris and obviously called Frampton. But like I said, I, um, we, me and Miguel Burchett were whipped top rank. That, could, that, could, that fight could have been made last November before I had to um, – because they were actually going to let the, the mandatory go, you know, go by well, the mine for that Lamont, fight. Right. But, since, mm-hmm. but since he didn't – but since he passed on that fight and for, and for Jason Sosa, okay, I was – you know, I had to find the mandatory. So, I mean, like I said, they can say what they want, but – if I'm not being called by the, if I if it was an easy title and you're a world champion and you get added another belt to your arsenal, wouldn't you take that fight? But like, that's, but I would say, like I said, our styles make fights, so that's that could be because like, like like a guy like Miguel Bachel, 
and I don't knock his own opposition, but like his thing is, you know, he likes to sit on his punches. But somebody like me, you know, I'm going to move around. I'm going to box. So I'm not going to be there for you to, you know what I'm saying, just to beat up on me all night. That's not going to happen. But I think that's the reason why. And I know, I know that's the reason why that fight's been passed up. But a lot of these guys, they also will use their um, promotional body as a way to avoid a fight as well of, of not being, of not being made. Well, you know, he's on this side of the street, so we're not going to do that. But, you know, me and my, me and my, um, my bro, Jojo, we actually spoke um, on Instagram live um, a few weeks ago. And we we said if the people want to make that fight, you know, we would do it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be any bad blood animosity, but if, you know, if it was a way to make a unification fight, we can do it. But like I said, for the most part, people call me out. It's a lot of these guys that's like, that hasn't really fought nobody and they just want to get a, they just want to get a title shot. <laughs> right. It feels more like um you feel like they're just calling you out at this point because you have a title shot. They know that the name is going to buzz. So they feel like, why not call you out now? I, mean, I got called out like two days ago by like James Wilkins, who's like <laughs> nine and one. And, like, and I looked at the, you know, Boxford don't tell lies. I look at the Boxford, everybody he's beaten has like a, as like a losing record, and then when he stepped up to fight um um Nisa Lopez, that um who was eight no, he lost the fight. But like I said, he, like you know, they trying to get their they get their buzz up, which I understand. Cause like I said, we all been in a position as contenders, whatever. But like for the most part, I'm not hearing if if you're if I'm a world champion, I feel like okay, he's the weakest link in the division. I'm I want a unification with him because I know that that you know that 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 put me a little higher. Cause think about it, let's go back to the welterweight division with Jeff Horn. When Jeff Horn had the WBO title, everybody their mother was calling out Jeff Horn. <laughs> the minute, the minute, the minute Bud took that butt from the minute that Bud took that butt from Jeff Horn, then we get the whole this side of the street nonsense. So that's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. I'm not saying that you know they're doing the same thing, but like I said, if you're the weakest link, every other champion is gonna call for you too. <laughs> I had one more here, and it was kind of a um so talking about the same article that was uh, written on you. And they are just basically saying that Frampton is a grade A fighter and you are not. Why would you want to keep calling out Frampton? Because uh, that, isn't that what true champions should do? Like I tell people, hey, Absolutely. I respect that. Hey, would you rather have me sit there and call out C-level? If I call out some C-level fighter, he's not a real champion. He doesn't want to test himself. Then it's crazy. Like we know boxing. Then it's like when you want to call it, like I said, I like even Miguel Butcher. I know he's he's the best in the division. I called out him. They looked at it and then they t- they tried to flip that and said, "Oh, he just begging for he just begging for a, a, a payday." Like like they always flip it on you. But like um, only reason that um that the frame the fight came about because I couldn't get the shot with Miguel Butcher. You know I couldn't I couldn't fight. Like I said, everything's on the internet now. Go look at the WBO rankings. Who's my who's my, who's my mandatory now? It's crazy. Before I even got in the ring with uh, Lamont. They bumped him down to number two, and they put Oscar Valdez at number one. As number one, right? Has, has, has we, have we seen any – I'm not knocking Oscar Valdez. He wants to go from Miguel Butcher because he feels he's the best, but I haven't seen any of them looking at the, the easy route. If there's the easy route, why not we take Jamel's belt and then we can make a unification with um, Miguel Butcher? But they haven't Miguel done Butchel. that. We all, we're all in the same umbrella. So I'm like, the reason why I'm fighting Carl Frampton because if you look at it, Carl Frampton was actually the only one that was actually willing to fight me, you know what I mean? And, and I was giving him that respect because I know Carl has more accolades than me. I know he's done um, – um, he's been in more world title fights than me. That's the reason why I was going to um, the Belfast when they, when they, when they mentioned it. I could have easily um, 
cried and complained and, and acted like a diva and said, no, I'm the, I'm the world champion. Why well, I got to – no, I was, I was up for it. And, I, and that's All another thing. It. I believe if you're, if you're a world champion, you shouldn't have much of an issue getting up to go fight and travel around the world for fans and to get more exposure on yourself. And that's the reason why I called that Carl Frampton. It was not like I was calling out Carl thinking that I was this and that. Like, no, I feel like he, he's done more. Why not add that? Why not add that name to my resume? Mm-hmm. So they be That's trying to get me. They be trying to get me out of character. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I do get out of character, but they like, sometimes like 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 even now, some guy try to you know try to get me today, and I was just like, look, you're entitled to your opinion. My job as a fighter is just to prove you wrong and to keep mm-hmm. a move. They say Edo's. They say Edo. When I fought before I fought Edo. It was an easy defense. It was already it was already kind of Edo and Burchell for the next big fight. They, they was all it was all looking for that fight. And I was just putting that and and, and I, I seen articles where they were saying, well, you know, at least Jamel Hurricane said that you know he came from the bottom and got to a world title shot. They, you know, he could at least be proud with that. But then you know when I took the belt, the whole narrative changed. Now it became that I'm now the weakest, <laughs> the weakest champion of this and the third. But it, it, just, it just comes with the territory. I mean, I, I've seen now. People said that, but, you know, he's the weakest in the welterweight division, whatever. So, you know, because he hasn't accomplished anything as a welterweight and things. Like that. But, like, it happens. Like I said, it's just people's opinion. And you got to roll the Yeah, punch. the critics are going to definitely be there. Yeah, That's just part of the, the game. Definitely. There was nothing else <laughs> I wanted to throw in there. <laughs> no, nah, throw it. Hey, we got hey, Let them throw them all out there. We got our... Hey, this is Twitter beef. This has nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to know, would you ever think about adding any of these people that, that talk shit about you just to, you know, kind of get under their skin to, you know. <laughs> no, it's them? crazy. You know, it's funny. Like, I actually had people that, like, talked about me, but, I, you know, I had, like, a conversation with them, and all of a sudden they, they followed me and they become fans because they respect my mm-hmm. character. You know, I'm not going to get into – I mean, you're, you're probably across the country. Now, I, if I look at your profile and I see Northern, Bel- Northern Ireland, I already know – <laughs> who you root for anyway, so I'm not like, like what, 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 what can I really do about that? But like, no, I mean, my thing is, um, I just, I'm just gonna just have to prove you wrong, but like, just give me my, give me my respect in the end. Don't make no excuses, cause I won't make any excuses. If he, hey, if he wins, he wins. He was the better man, but all that, oh yeah, the weakest link in that. But hey, none of these, I haven't been approached by any of these world champions in terms of unification. Right? And me, I'm open for anything, cause like I said, I'm, um. I'm not a diva. If, if, if there's a fight that, that people want to see, at least, I'm all for it. I'm not going to get into the whole A side, B side. I can, you can put me on the B side. I don't care. You could put me, like I said, I fight with Tom Rank and ESPN, but if you want to go across the street and put me on PBC and Fox, I have no issue with that. I'm, I have a lot of good friends over there, but it is what it is. Like I said, I don't get into that whole um, that whole business thing and hide behind it as an excuse and why we can't make the, you know, make make good fights. I, I've already um, – you know, achieve more than what people thought I was going to do anyway. So why, I'm, I'm willing to go risk it and prove people even more wrong than, you know, a year ago. So I'm, I'm willing to, like I said, I'm happy with just, I, I won my world title. I'm happy with just saying I defended, you know, they always say you're not a real world champion until you defend your title. Okay, I, I've done that also. So I have no issue from here on out taking a risk and, and making those plays. That's why I was going to go to Belfast and, you know, and you know, be the B side, or you know, or or, or the guests, and, and have my back against the wall. I didn't care. Well, definitely, man. I mean, these are big fights that I know. I speak for everyone here. We'd love to see you with, uh, you know, Frampton and the Burchelts, and right. uh, we wish you nothing but success. Uh, we'll keep our eye closely on the, the June card with Shakur, and then yours right behind that. 
um, continued success for you and, and, and good health for your family and your team too. Hey, Sam, Sam DR, like I said, more importantly, I just want to see everybody at the end of this, you know, be in one piece, you know, safe and sound. Because like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it's bigger than boxing. So I just like I said, I'm more concerned that everybody out there just take care of themselves and do what they got to do. But like I said, I look forward to um, speak with you all again. Hopefully we will uh, answer some Jamel, more just, just, just one quick thing, one quick, quick thing. Like, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Okay. <laughs> who, gets the, who gets the best of sparring between you and Crawford? Don't pull no punches. He, hey, hey, that's the man. <laughs> he, is. he is. Hey, hey I ain't going to lie. Shoot. Hey. Right. I, I, hey, I tell Bud, hey, I hope you look at this too, but I tell him straight up, hey, I got him the last camp. I'll never forget. I got the best of him. I got the best of him one and one. And then the next, the next spar session, it was hell for me in that ring, man. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Even though um, we sparred, we sparred um, the day before, day before yesterday, because I sparred today too, but we sparred the day before yesterday on Thursday. And I'm like, you know, bud, he hasn't been really been really working. Like, I'm in a real camp. So I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm cool. I'm going in there. Man, listen, he was like, I'm like, this dude was so solid. I'm like, bro. I told him today, I said, hey, man, don't come in with that bull you came in on Thursday, man. <laughs> but now, yeah, Bud, like I said, Bud is a, is a real is a, is a real fighter. Like, doesn't drink, doesn't if he doesn't doesn't really party. Um, he's more he's more of a family man. He's all about his craft. Like, he doesn't have a fight coming in up, but he'll come in the gym. And I'm sitting there just watching him in, in amazement. Like, you know, he'll just sit there and just, just train and work on his weaknesses, and it's crazy. But like I seen him today, um, he's sparring with um Stephen Nelson. You know Stephen Nelson fights at 168. You know he's sparring with guys, you know 68 and up, because um, that that's just who he is. But um, Bud, you know what I'm saying Bud is just is, is just one of those fighters, one of those special fighters, and you know I give him all the respect. Gotcha. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, shit, if Bud got time, man, tell him, tell him to come on as a guest. <laughs> man, listen, I'll be trying to, man. I'm like, bro, get your profile out there. And right. People, because a lot of people don't know he's a funny guy. He's a character. But when you see him, of course, in the ring, he's always got, he got, he always got that, that, that that blank stare and that mean streak. But now, nah, Bud is probably one of the, the coolest dude. Like, even it's, it's, I tell you like this. Sometimes I tell him, like, yo, stop fucking playing, man. Leave me alone. You play. <laughs> yeah, like, Bud is that guy, but. Nah, man, I told him, I always touched him, like, bro, you got to start putting your face out there more. The people love you, bro. Just, just show them the other side of you, though. Definitely. definitely. Gotcha. Thank you, man. Take care. All right. Y'all take care. All right, Best man. of luck. Stay safe. Thank you.